Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Stan Yusevich. Hey there, Stan. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So what part of the world do you hail from, Stan? Uh, Boston. Well, originally, I'm from Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, you might have heard about our witch problem. <laughs> Still, <laughs> <laughs> we solved it. Uh, we got it settled a little while ago, but still Wonderful. famous for it. Is that is that town still small, or is it kind of boomed? It's. Uh, I mean, it's technically a city, and I think there's around forty thousand people that live there. So I don't know. You'd be the judge. That's a small, small city. <laughs> All right. Um, that's the small talk stand. That was it. I want to get right into this. So why don't you begin by telling us a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. So I'm Stan Yusevich. I'm the founder of Esports Scholar, and I'm also a member of the United States Esports Association. So those are my two main hustles at the moment. Beautiful. All right. Okay. Um, now, before we kind of go any further, I start every interview with a single question because I, I have to know something about you, Stan, before we get any further into this. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you? So I think I'm a pretty solid seven, I would say, you know, just uh, just weird enough, maybe, but not too weird, hopefully. What, what, what makes you weird? Um, well, I guess more unusual than weird. Um, you know, I've, I've had some experiences, I think, that are a little bit different. Like I studied uh, abroad for the full time uh, in Scotland. So that was definitely a different experience. Um, I played rugby, even though, you know, uh, I was in America and I played on a semi-pro team. Um, other things that make me weird, I guess, are Maybe my even my taste in comedy. I'm a big fan of Eric Andre and like Tim and Eric and those kinds of guys as well. Okay, sounds pretty standard fare, but okay, sounds good. <laughs> Maybe a five. Okay, all right, <laughs> all right. So this is the Gamerpreneur podcast, Dan. So I do need your gaming cred. When did you first start playing video games? Sure. So the first time I re well, the first ever game I played was uh, Backyard Baseball <laughs> 2003. Um, but the first game I ever played very seriously was FIFA. And I, I honestly I got into gaming. Uh, like I mentioned, I was a rugby player, but I had a pretty severe concussion. And after that, I wasn't really able to play a lot of the sports I, I love. So I was mostly playing video games with my friends as a way to, you know, on some level satiate that competitive drive, but on another level just to socialize. And FIFA was a huge game for me, uh, especially starting out. Were you the winner? Uh, not at first. It took a long time because I was playing against guys who had to put in a serious amount of time at first. And it was kind of like a... Uh, a trial by fire a little bit, but it definitely got through it after four years. So I was winning some by the end. All right. Beautiful. And I'm assuming you've continued to play video games. Naturally. Yeah. So a big game that I'm, my main game at the moment is Rocket League. So I've been grinding on Rocket League. I also play a little bit of League of Legends, but I'm, I'm a wood three at the moment. And, uh, you know, a bit of Smash Brothers too. Okay, fantastic. So you cover all the esports then. <laughs> the okay. big three, I guess. Now here, Stan, if you had to choose one game as your all-time favorite though, which one would it be? 
I got to say Rocket League. I really do. I, I think it's, um, I, I know this might not be a huge factor for a lot of people, but one thing that's really cool about uh, Rocket League is the idea that, you know, there's no uh, randomness, like computerized randomness, and you have complete control over what you're doing. There's no like pass button or shoot button. So you really have to figure out how to masterfully maneuver your car. So I, I think that's a really interesting kind of angle on, on a sport game that I, I really enjoy. 100%. They've done a fantastic job on that game. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get over to the preneur part. So um, why don't you begin by giving us your professional background? So why don't you start in college? Why, why did you go to Scotland? Um, well, I went to Scotland because uh, I always wanted to go to the University of St. Andrews. And I, it was the You're first- golfer? <laughs> um, I hit some balls, but I don't think I could consider myself a golfer, really. Um, I I just, I had visited there when I was a, a young kid, and I just remember thinking this is, that was my idea of a university, and I always wanted to go there. I applied. I Two weeks after I applied, I was accepted, and it was uh, just, you know, it seemed like a dream come true at the moment, but then after I finished, uh, I found myself in the position of moving back to the States. So that was a bit of a challenge. I moved uh, to New York and that was definitely a bit of a, you know, a hustling place to be at the time. And um, I'm excited that I did that because in New York, I was able to first start out as a tu uh, tutor and I built a network of students and whatnot. And through uh, my tutor group is actually how i became part of a company called Concord Education. Concord Education does a range of different after-school type uh, activities. And really, I, I saw the opportunity there, uh, especially within uh, eSports. And I've uh, gone off on my own, started eSports Scholar. Okay, so to pull a Zoolander here, but why eSports? Why eSports? So... Really, I think that esports uh, are the levelest playing field to have ever existed. And I think that a lot of kids don't get a chance to represent, uh, you know, either themselves or their school, or they're not part of a club, or they're not part of some kind of team. And esports is a really cool way to re-engage those kids and, and actually acknowledge the skills that they have. Because for far too long, it's just been completely taken for granted. And I know it might not be obvious, but a lot of these skills will be helpful as we move forward into AI and, you know, being able to manipulate uh, machineries and whatnot. Okay, so then how does that relate to your organizations? Sure. So eSports Scholar, what we are is an after-school league, coaching service, and instructional um provider as well. So what we do is we get kids to compete in our league, but we also teach them STEAM skills. So things like how to design your logo, how to edit videos, how to set up stream labs and make overlays, and also how to broadcast. So with those skills, we're able to give kids, um, you know, educational takeaways on top of having them participate in something they love. So you know, it's been really rewarding. And I, I think that a lot of the kids, you know, I, at the end of the day, my main goal is to make sure that like what we do is the best thing they did that day at school. So I, I really pride myself on, on achieving that for some kids, I hope. 
Okay, so um, why why working with uh, high schoolers or middle schoolers, college kids? Where where are you at, and and why did you focus that particular demographic? Sure. So mostly high schoolers, some middle schoolers. Um, honestly, because it's esports, it's a little bit different, right? Like you could have some sixth grader who's insane and can easily beat a whole group of high schoolers. So in that way, the age difference doesn't really matter, you know, as drastically as it does in traditional sports. Um, and I'm sorry, what was your original question? Why did you choose that demographic? What was it about working with kids as opposed to, you know, just a local game club? Right. So I think, uh, high schoolers are, you know, are, are able to kind of handle things in a more mature way than a lot of the times we give them credit. I think working with younger kids, it's it's a tough line because honestly, uh, one thing we are conscious of is the idea that like gaming addiction is a real thing. And, you know, maybe you have to be a little bit older, a little bit more responsible to actively engage in like a, a full on esports program. Uh, and also by that age, maybe you have a little bit of a better sense of where your skill abilities are, like where you want to fit in or what kind of career or college you want to go to. Okay. Now, um, Part of my my show, like I'll be, I'll admit, Stan. I've had a very hard time finding anybody making any money in esports. How mm-hmm. how is your organization earning money? It's a grind, <laughs> but I think it's one that ultimately will work out in the long run. I think by building slowly and getting as many people in and getting testimonials and getting them to see the the results of it, I think a lot more schools will join on. I mean there's a lot of schools in this country. So, <laughs> and what are the biggest challenges you're having? Is it parents? Um, honestly, I think there is, uh, I, for the most part, the people I speak to are school administrators and, you know, um, don't mean anything by this, but a lot of them happen to be 50 or 60 years old and, uh, they don't necessarily see, you know, the value of esports because there is a generational divide, especially in esports. Um, you know, and some people, I had one person uh, ask me, "Is it like, you know, Atari?" And uh, <laughs> not quite, um, but uh, you know, it's evolved quite a bit since Atari. Um, and really, I think the biggest change that people have failed to recognize is that. Um, once you went from beating whoever you could in your living room to now competing against people online, that created a whole new avenue of like competition and really people became so much better. So it's really uh, spurred the growth of esports. I don't think we would see esports in the same way if it weren't for uh, the online uh, competitions. Okay. And where do you intend for your, your business to go? So I really think that there's a lot of value in starting out locally. So we've been trying to uh, build our network as strong as possible in the New England uh, region. And I think through making those local connections, hopefully we'll become, uh, you know, the name for esports in the Northeast. Beautiful. Okay. Now, Stan, let's talk a little more personally about you. Okay. Uh, maybe loosen up a little bit. <laughs> um what what makes this your passion? Like, is it the, the video games aspect? Is it getting to play video games? Is it the children? Like, what is it for you that makes you want to do this? And again, why esports? Right. 
So I, I think that really what it's all about for me is that I see kids just I see their joy in being part of this right and that is a huge factor I mean I see kids who might come out of their shells who might not necessarily relate with one another or speak to one another uh, and really open up and kind of build a bit of confidence and it's kind of it is exciting to see that um, to see people just embrace something and I know that a lot of the times where I kind of see myself fitting into all of this and why esports and why those kids is that I think there just needs to be a bridge again between the generational divide between other cultural divides too. And I kind of see myself as someone kind of in between that I can talk to, uh, you know, school administrators and kids just as easily. And I feel like I understand where they're both coming from. So I kind of see myself as like a mediator. Fantastic. Okay. Now, um, what has it been like starting and running this business, setting aside the esports, setting aside all of that, like actually being an entrepreneur? How's that been going? It, you know, one thing about being an entre uh, entrepreneur is that you have to be very honest with yourself. Like you have to know your strengths, you have to know your weaknesses, and you honestly just have to persevere. Um, I think it's just about waking up every day. And even if yesterday was horrible, you keep at it because that's the only way ultimately you're going to have any kind of, uh, you know, success. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's, that's a fortune cookie answer. Okay. Um, no, like seriously, you're in the dirt. Like, how is it being an entrepreneur? Has it been good? Has it been rough? Like, is it stressful? Do you sleep at night? Do you have time to play video games anymore? Well, honestly, I, I think I had the advantage of, um, you know, this wasn't my first startup. We started Concord Education from nothing. Um, you know, by the time I left there, they were doing very well. So, I, I had that experience of kind of grinding it out. So I knew in the back of my mind, like I've already done this once before, obviously it's hard starting again, but there's something exciting about it too. It's like uh, after you've just gone through a breakup and you start a new relationship, you're, it takes a little bit of work again, but it's exciting, you know, and you're happy to do it. Love it. Okay. <laughs> now, what makes you good at this, Dan? You know, there's lots of people out there who would love to start esports uh, education and related businesses, right? In fact, I've already interviewed several on this show. Yeah. But there's plenty more out there who are aspirational. They, they'd love to go for it. They just don't have that whatever it takes. What is it that you have that they don't? Um, I think I work harder than anybody else. <laughs> I mean, on some level, that's really what it comes down to. I, I think that there's people out there with more money than I do. There's people who are more intelligent than I am, but I just persevere. I just keep going. Uh, and I think that's been kind of the key for it. Uh, I think a big part of that is I think my passion for this comes across to people. And I think it, you know, excitement is contagious. So that's really what I think my main key to all this is. Okay. Would you say you're a people person? Yeah, I would. I mean, I, I think I, uh, I can definitely be alone, uh, <laughs> but, uh, at the same time, it, it is nice being, you know, around people, especially now after the pandemic, it's, uh, I, I definitely have missed more interaction. And I think we're all just like, you know, kind of <laughs> readjusting to what it's like to be around people all the time, but it's, it's also nice. 
Okay. What has it been like reaching out to these school administrators? Obviously, I understand they don't quite get it, but you know, from a business perspective, I, I want the show to be not just about you. I, I want it to be about the advice that you can give to people out there. Say someone wants to go into the same line of work you are, maybe slightly separately, maybe in another state or country. How do you actually do that? Do you pick up the phone? Just, I'd like to speak to an administrator or like, how does that work? So I think that um, obviously everything has to be built ahead of time it's kind of like the field of dreams type approach if you build it they'll they'll get over there eventually and um on some level it is just hitting the phones yes definitely i i think there's you know we're lucky now uh in the time we live in to have so many different avenues of getting your messaging or just your ideas out there so obviously with uh picking up the phone and calling someone that's a pretty ineffective uh way but there, there's plenty of others in terms of the, like we use social media pretty frequently. It's not necessarily led to that many sales, but it's also helping in just kind of getting the word out. Okay. Um, let's, let's get real deep on this uh, nuts and bolts of messaging. You know, how, how do you reach out to somebody the first time? Do you lead with, Hey, this is who we are. This is what we provide. And then just hope and pray that the, that goes through, or do you take more of a, you know, hey, we want to help your students. How does that work? Yeah, so I think a, a lot of it at first is not it coming at it expecting that people don't know anything about it because a lot of times I think with uh, a lot of messaging from that we used to put out or I've seen from others, it's almost like you assume the person knows exactly what you're talking about. Some level it has to be broken down and also has to be relevant to the person you're reaching out to. So. I'm going to, if I'm going to send a message to a athletic director, it's going to be worded differently and have different focuses than when I'm reaching out to someone who's in, uh, who's like an instructional technologist, right? Because there's different aspects of esports that both of them can cling on to, but it's just a matter of making sure your messaging fits perfectly for who that person, who, you know, who that person is. Okay, beautiful. Now, um, what resources have you had to turn to in order to to learn how to do this a little better? Obviously, you had a company beforehand, but this is a little different, right? Sure. Yeah. So I've, I, I mean, I'm lucky that I've come in contact with uh, a former superintendent of uh, assistant uh, superintendent of schools for Boston, Herb Levine, um, and superintendent of schools in Salem, uh, Alice Davis. Uh, they've been huge in terms of giving me uh, not only resources and inspiration, but just helping me uh, kind of walk through my idea and help make it make sense in the eyes of a you know school administrator. So those two people have been extremely uh, influential and helpful. Okay, beautiful. Now, Stan, I wanna I wanna get in a time machine with you. We're gonna go back in time, okay? Okay. Uh, we're gonna go. We'll say back when you first decided to fly off to Scotland, or as you're on the on the plane, okay? And if you can go and you can sit on, next to little Stan back then on the plane, all right? You get to tell him the entire story, everything that happened to you from that moment until now, all the good, all the bad, all the ups, all the downs. You can impart every lesson and piece of knowledge you've gotten along the way. But if there was only one thing he absolutely had to know, what would that one thing be? That you you have to live in the moment you're in because you take a lot of things for granted and 
you know, for instance, uh, you know, I was in Scotland all this time. There was plenty of things that I thought I would do just because it was right there, but I never ended up doing. So I think it's uh, it's really capturing the moment you're in and uh, living it to the fullest. I, I know that sounds corny as hell, uh, but, you know, it's it is very true. I, I feel like a lot of these advice things are are corny, but they also have a lot of truth in them. Absolutely. Okay. And from a business entrepreneurial standpoint, what do you wish you had known when you first started out? I guess uh, one thing that I, I wish I had known is uh, how much uh, legal documentation and all of this you, you need to sift through. Um, yeah, I think that. And I think also I just, uh, I think I, I wish I knew a little bit more about um you know, how difficult it would be just to get your, your first few clients. But really once that happens, it's, uh, you, once you get over that hurdle, it becomes so much easier. And I, I think, uh, I was really beating myself up at first before I had clients. And once they came, it, it was a huge relief and it only invites other people to come into it also. Absolutely. Okay. Stan, a little more personal now, you see, I actually believe we were but that we learn the most from our life from our failures, not necessarily our successes. Because mm-hmm. when you succeed the first time you try something, you may not know what happened. It might have been luck, who knows, right? But when you fail, you got to take a look at it. You got to figure out what went wrong to be able to iterate until you get to the point where you succeed in the future. So I'd like to ask you, Stan, what do you consider your biggest failure in life and what did you learn from it? So I think I, I think I failed at being a New Yorker. <laughs> you seem too nice. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been part of it. Um, I think that really, uh, you know, that's one thing that I just think ultimately I just didn't make uh, enough of the opportunity of being in New York, but I also just uh, didn't fit in perfectly. I know that's not a, maybe a great example of failure, but um, I had a very rough time there. And there was definitely a lot of learning uh, moments throughout. Like, for instance, when I was a tutor, I failed to consider that, you know, there's times a year where it's a lull, you know, it's like you might have had this one season where everyone's rushing to get their SAT prep or whatever. And, you know, you're running from house to house, but there's times where there's lulls. And, um, you know, one of the things I actually did during that very low time was I, uh, you, do you know the brand Supreme, like the clothing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to resell Supreme on top of everything else that I was doing. I wait in line, get the the newest drop, put it up online, and uh, resell it. But uh, you know, I think through those moments of like, you know, definitely I wouldn't consider them my proudest moments or whatnot. Um, you learn a lot about yourself, and you learn about how to just uh, really just I don't know how to motivate yourself because uh, you know at the end of the day. At first, you really have to look out for yourself and your own well-being and the people around you, but because nobody else is going to do that for you. So, hundred um, percent. Yeah. Okay. On the flip side of that question, what is something that you're working to improve on yourself today? Sure. So I think that uh, a big 
uh, piece for me is honestly my health. I'm, I feel like at some point when you uh, reach middle age, you you kind of realize like, oh God, it's not gonna get better. Do you, do you say middle age? You can't be older than I am. <laughs> no, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe middle age is too too much. But I'm just saying, when you get a little bit older, you start to realize like this is going downhill, not uh, uphill at, at the moment. So you gotta really strive for it. Uh, I think that honestly. Yeah, just health and and working out is a, a, a big part of what I'm trying to improve. And I think that um, people don't give enough credit to how, um, you know, well, I'm sure plenty of people do, but working out really improves your state of mind as well. And it helps you in terms of tackling some of the things that you might, you know, encounter in, at work or, you know, just struggling on, you know, getting things done on the computer. So uh, I, I, I think that health is a big, big piece for me. Okay, wonderful. One more fun question before we bring this into for landing. Okay, Stan, what is something that you think people misunderstand about you the first time they meet you? Sure. So, I think that uh, a lot of people might assume that I, uh, you know, am just like uh, you know not as passionate about things, or I don't. I actually, I'm not sure if that's comes across I, I think maybe people might assume that I'm a young person who doesn't really know what they're doing but I, I think that I'm uh, I, I got a bit more going on than a lot of people give me credit for so wonderful all right Stan this has been a fantastic interview how do people find you where are you out on social media yeah. contact information all that please Sure. So uh, Stan at eSports Scholars, my email. Um, in terms of socials, we have uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. They're all eSports Scholar. Um, so if you'd like to follow us there, we'd be happy to have you. Beautiful. All right. And as we wrap this up, do you have any final thoughts you want to share? Anything I didn't ask you think we still need to cover? No, I, I think you did a great job. And I really appreciate being on the show. It's It's awesome. Absolutely, Stan. I truly, I, I actually genuinely appreciate you taking the time to come on with us. I really do. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Yeah, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. And for everybody else, I'm going to remind you all, don't be just a gamer, be a gamerpreneur. <laughs>